Hello and welcome to One in Four, talking mental health with Abby Lacey and friends. In this series, I'll be chatting to friends about their mental health, how they cope, their support systems, advice they've learned and advice they'd like to pass on. Please note the topics in this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners. This season of One in Four is sponsored by Handling Change. Handling Change are experts in delivering a wide range of targeted well-being and ergonomic solutions, including on-the-job manual handling, emergency first aid, mental health first aid and video productions. They work in partnership with a number of leading international organisations, providing discrete, bespoke and tailored training and support across multiple sectors. Your people, your culture, your tasks, your way. To learn more about the wide range of targeted well-being and ergonomic solutions offered, please visit handling-change.co.uk or email support at handling-change.co.uk. On today's One in Four, I'm joined by Giles Thornton. Musician Giles and I met during the pandemic when he joined Mental Health Mates Reading Zoom calls following his own breakdown last year. Today, we talk about the physical symptoms of mental illness, panic attacks, intrusive thoughts, and how important exercise and sleep are to his well-being. Hi, Giles. How are you today? And I mean, how are you really? I am okay. I've had a few rough days uh, recently, been cripplingly lonely in my flat. But yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I've got, I'm quite anxious about a, um, a, um, I'm having a photo shoot done tonight. Are you? Yeah, for for a um, you know, a bit for fun, and it's just with someone I don't actually know, and it's a virtual photo shoot, so they do it. Oh wow! They do it over the iPhone, and uh, I'm kind of anxious but really excited. I kept on asking her questions. I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm just really nervous. Uh, yeah. So no. what will you do? Will you have your phone there, and then she will? How's it going to work? So there's a app that they use that you, you do it over FaceTime. Apparently. Oh, right. She wants me to bring an ironing board and uh, something to put your phone on so that they can get the nice light and all that kind of uh, stuff. Oh, okay. It's a bit, bit strange, but um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually really quite exciting. I like that. Um, so Giles, what's our connection? Why are you on one in four today? Well, I had a mental breakdown last year, which is fun. (laughs) Uh, And I recently moved to somewhere new and I was desperately looking to connect with just anyone. And also, you know, I was learning more and more about mental health and realised I really wanted to get involved and wanted to meet people who were kind of like-minded saw this thing called mental health mates and uh i i jumped on it literally i went to more or less all the zooms i could and um the one one of the ones i really kind of felt a connection with was um your one in uh, mental health mates uh reading yeah it's it's a way um and that's kind of how we know each other i know you said you had a breakdown last year what's what is your mental health story so I've had anxiety throughout my life, but I never really thought of it as anxiety. I never thought that anything kind of mental health was kind of wrong with me, if 
you know what I mean? Uh, you mm. know, I was just like, oh, it's fine. And I had certain OCD tendencies. I would justify it and justify it and justify it to myself until sometimes it would take me like 20 minutes to leave the house because I had to just check that the taps were not running or the door yeah. was locked and all this kind of things. And that was pre-COVID. And then I got COVID in March of last year and I got pretty bad uh, spout of it. I wasn't put into hospital, but it was damn close. <laughs> At one stage, the um, person over 101 or 111 said, listen, just if you feel like you're going any more downhill, just walk to the nearest hospital, which is about a 10 minute walk away. Yeah, me, uh, because the wait for an ambulance is too long, uh, and that was at the start of March. And genuinely, I thought I was going to die. Everything on social media told me I was going to die. Everything on the news told me I was going to die. There were a few times where I was like, I could die alone in my flat, and no one would know. And you know, I had to kind of. I think I, I had to kind of deal with death. At my age, no one should do that. Sad thing is pe people do have to deal with that every day with terminal illnesses and, mm. you know, stuff like that. I'm certainly not a one-off, <laughs> if, if you will. And this kind of kept on going. And I remember kind of crying down the phone, crying and coughing down the phone to my parents going, I I don't die. Just the amount of stress that was building up was just ridiculous. And then when when I got when I got to the stage where I was recovering, um, we decided, me and my family, that I would move back to the family home to recover and then we decide what, what I'm gonna do living what wise. Stages. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I was still convinced that some somewhere in my recovery there'd be complications and I would have a heart attack or my liver would fail or my kidneys mm. would fail. Like everything in my body like ached. What I didn't know and I was too ill to, to realise was that was anxiety just brewing and grinding on me. And, you know, the kind of tight chest that you get when you're anxious. I had all these things and I remember once I was on a walk with my parents, a short walk, because I could still only do about a mile walking because I, yeah. I get so, I, I, I was convinced that my heart rate was, wasn't right. So I, I forced my parents to check my heart rate. Yeah. Um, because cause I, I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack or something. But again, the signs of anxiety were there, but I just didn't register with it. And then, and if you've never experienced that before, you know the tight chest and the aches and the the stomach and the head, you know all of the physical things from anxiety. You do you do think that there is something absolutely physically wrong with you, and you know you feel like you're going to have a heart attack, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And then I remember having I guess like a crying fit to my mum just going I'm so fucking lonely yeah. you know I've got no one to talk to about this 
and then I kind of reco- semi-recovered from that crisis, and I was just sitting with my dad, and then my what I believe happened was just a panic attack just went mm. just happened because my blood pressure dropped. I was dizzy. I was like in my head, this is it. This, this is, is it. the end. This, yeah. this, this is the end. You know, this is what I've I thought was gonna happen. It just escalated and escalated and it was just it was I just couldn't stop crying and having panic attacks and crying panic attacks. And my parents, bless them, they didn't know what was going on. By the end of it, um, I had the mental health team in Southampton in first name, first name terms. Uh, I was having to call them up at least once a day. Yeah. And since then, I've had counselling. I'm on antidepressants. I'm on mm. uh, sertraline. And yeah. although they, they, they help. It's hard sometimes, and the the intrusive thoughts I had as well, uh, yeah. which were just constant. I didn't know what they were. I thought I was getting the onset of schizophrenia or something. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I I you know I was seriously worried. But then you learn actually, you know, these are part and parcel of being human. Uh, it's just the fact is that I I needed to learn how to deal with. Did the counselling help that or did the antidepressants help that or did both? And do you still get those intrusive thoughts? Oh, I get the intrusive thoughts every day. I just now know how to kind of deal with them. The counselling's definitely helped and the antidepressants have also helped. Yeah. But I think it's just, it's in a weird way, it's helped being busy because the, the thing with intrusive thoughts that you may well know is the... The, the devil of intrusive thoughts is as soon as you react to them, they'll keep on coming back. They'll yes, keep exactly. on coming back. The the kind of trick of it is to go, mm-hmm, that's a thought. Huh, interesting thought. Move on. Exactly. You know? Funnily enough, I read a book last weekend. I was away and I read a book called Anxiety is a Fucker, or is it? Um, having been anxious for many, many years. And it really, it deals with, inside out thinking and particularly about you saying that about thought and how you have millions of thoughts going around your head and it's the ones that you um concentrate on that then become bigger and become more powerful such as the intrusive thoughts or in my case overthinking conversations and everything else um and it is the case of you catch it before it becomes bigger yeah and you just go you just go okay yeah interesting move on yeah exactly and at the time when I started having the what I now know were intrusive thoughts I was like whoa what is this it was just this you know on top of everything else I think it was just like the analogy I I I do because I'm a bit of a geek is when Frodo chucks the ring into Mount Doom and yeah. like Mount Doom just explodes you know yeah uh, uh sorry such a geek um, don't apologize <laughs> uh, uh, but even when I had counseling and antidepressants I had them constantly 24 7 for I would say two and a half months right uh, and honestly like I you know as I said in a video I posted I certainly didn't want to die but I couldn't go on living like that 
It was, yeah, it was torture at that time. Mm. But the counselling has definitely helped. So that moves us on quite nicely to things like coping mechanism and support. So obviously you're on Sertraline yeah. and you've had some counselling. Mm-hmm. What sort of counselling did you have? Uh, psychodynamic. Oh, okay. So talk me through that because I don't know much about that one. The way I kind of view it is it's a theory that has been developed by Sigmund Freud and, and Jung and loads of other people. On yeah. the way you are now was made when you were a child. Okay. And throughout your life. So for me, like, I have huge issues with self worth and perfectionism in my personal life as well as my professional life. That's yeah. partly down to, you know, when I was in the, well, the whole music practicing when when you're a child having to be perfect all the time and all that kind of stuff it yeah certainly helped me to go oh I recognize that behavior I recognize where that's from and I guess by recognizing it you can start to heal yeah I also do a bit of CBT uh, as well although I did do some of it and I d- it didn't really connect to me on a I think it yeah some people I mean I love CBT and it works brilliantly for me and I use it an awful lot because I'm an overthinker and a warrior yeah I've just found that just talking about stuff and kind of recognizing I I think I guess the psychodynamic thing is very different to the CBT but there are, are combinations that are similar Mm. um, for instance recognizing your behavior and then knowing how to change it and does the counselor teach you how to change it or is it an innate thing that you go okay yes I'm doing this I shouldn't do this I need to change Uh, no uh, he encourages me to think about what my behavior was back in when I was a child and think about how that affects me in my daily life yeah and then I think that's part of that I don't really understand that part uh really but mm. it, it there's definitely a thing of healing of yeah healing the inner child so, so how long did your did your breakdown last until you recognizably felt that you were becoming you again and that you were feeling better and the intrusive thoughts was it about two and a half months or was it a bit longer that you then started going oh I feel all right now uh I would say it's four months four months Uh, yeah uh until I was stable to be honest with you and I'm still healing and it's a very long process I think Mm, of course of course it's not you it's not something you fix overnight is it no And so you moved, you obviously moved back in with your parents and now you've got your own flat, haven't you? Do you flat share or are you on your own? Uh, I flat share. I've got an in-living landlord, if that's a word. Oh, okay. That, I mean, he kind of works downstairs and I work upstairs. So I actually barely see him. Yeah, of Um, course. A lot of the time I'm just with my own company. (laughs) Yeah. I've got to say that move your frame stuff, I can't shout about them enough. They're great. Are you still doing it with your mum on a Saturday afternoon? Of course. Brilliant. 
Yeah, and it's it's hilarious now because we know a lot of the routines. And uh, now Are you pros. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we're like we're looking at each other, going, "We've got it to a T." Uh, so, do you actually do it in the same room as your mum, rather over Zoom together? Uh, no, we we meet up and do it in the same Brilliant. room. Because Brilliant. we've been in a bubble together, me and my yeah. parents. But yeah, it, it's always quite fun. And, you know, she doesn't do all the kind of jumping and I do all the jumping uh, for her. <laughs> Have you bought any nice 80s dance gear yet? No, no, no. You need, uh, you need a sweat band, don't you, around your head? <laughs> <laughs> but but you, yeah, you talk about coping me- mechanisms. Definitely exercise has been a huge one. Yeah. I got myself a personal trainer who's actually a friend of mine anyway. She's a female bodybuilder. Uh, she's amazing at what she does. And uh, yeah, I've lost something like 15 to 20 kilos. I know. It's incredible. We're talking now about the gym. I, 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 I went to the gym this morning. Lovely. How busy was it? Not that busy. It was uh, the thing is about the gym that I have because it's quite spaced out, Uh, so that even when it's at capacity, which I've never seen it at capacity, you feel safe and you feel in your own kind of bubble. Yeah, Um, that's good. It's not, I I don't think it's like one of the big city gyms, you know, where there's 100 people in there. The most they can have is 20 people or something. Uh, So it's like, it's it's pretty chilled. I, I, I feel safe. Yeah, but it's oh god, it's been saving grace. <laughs> it really has been. <laughs> uh, how how often do you find yourself exercising? Are you a nutter like me and do it every day? Um, I do at least one bit of exercise every day. Be yeah. it be it walking or doing dance cardio or um, the, the gym. I, I I do the gym three times a week. Yeah. Um, and then I. Yeah, I just walk in between, you know. <laughs> yeah, even just going for a walk for twenty minutes, it just there's some. I don't know what it is. It's there's a lot of scientific stuff around it, but it does just make you feel so much better, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I know when I when I'm working and I'm very up against it. <laughs> the thing about the music industry and especially the film TV industry is we keep on going things need to change and we we need to be music teams need to be together working far like far earlier in the process but that's just not going to happen because to be honest with you late nights early you know doing all-nighters is normalized in our industry and that shouldn't be the case but um yeah definitely when i'm in the the thick of it I force myself to have at least an hour off where yeah. I can just go away from my desk outside people think the music industry is glamorous it is not no. I am in my room <laughs> uh in my bedroom in my messy bedroom with my desk <laughs> and that's it so I can't even really break when I'm in the thick of it in my own room because yeah we're anxious beings and I will just look at my screen and go oh I'll do another half an hour I just turn my phone off 
can leave. Anything can wait as long as it's not like 60 musicians in a room in <laughs> half an hour time. Uh, you and you know. just say, I'm sorry, I'm just, gonna, I'm just heading out for a walk. I'm just going to pop and get a coffee and have a walk down by the sea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 I, I, I think I, uh, someone would spill their tea. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely getting out, breathing. I remember some of your guests on the podcast saying it already, but we so often forget to breathe. I still get goosebumps when I, I was in Abbey Road Studios a few I uh, saw on weeks Facebook. ago. It was yeah. amazing. It was absolutely, yeah, it was great to be back. And no pressure, but there is a, um, uh, in the hallway which connects all the kind of studios, Studio 1, Studio 2, Studio 3, there is posters of all the films that have been recorded there. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, wow. of, of like, oh, yeah, yeah, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, and you're walking there. with John all Williams your... galore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're walking there with all your kind of stuff and you're like, <gasps> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you're walking in the footsteps of giants. And yeah. uh, I, do, I do this kind of weird thing, especially in this kind of weird time that we're in, COVID times, uh, where I have to wear marigolds and a mask to do my job at the studio I always take a moment when I unpack my kind of box open up the box see all the pads uh, I know where to put them and then I take a breather take a minute and then go okay I can carry on with the job I know what I have to do now I'm my worst enemy like especially with that kind of stuff where it's like I just want to put everything out and go I just, you know, want to make sure yeah. everything's okay. And I know everything is okay. I packed everything. I know yeah. it's all right. I know I've got half an hour until musicians arrive, by which time I will be gone. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, breathing is so important. <laughs> so, it really is. Yeah. It's just, yeah, just kind of centering yourself and making yourself present because I'm, I work 10 to the dozen and you know it's Mrs Speedy at everything and always go 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 and sometimes you do just have to go right just stop for a second <laughs> yeah just yeah. take it in <laughs> exactly exactly and I had an amazing moment I've been working for a 90s pop star who shall not be named for the last four months and finally we got to record in um in Holland and the Netherlands over the weekend oh, right. uh, um, but my work was done so I could just sit there at my desk in my room and hear 72 musicians play their hearts out oh. uh, and it was just like the pressure's off I don't need yeah. to do anything and you, you can know. enjoy it <laughs> exactly exactly I just sat down and breathed like yeah. I, I, as soon as soon as and funny enough, I again I have that this kind of thing where as soon as there's what we call the downbeat, which is the first beat of music, where everyone breathes together and then they start. As long as that happens, I can breathe because I've done my job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and that, that yeah, it's a fantastic thing. You're saying about um, obviously in your industry with people doing all nighters and stuff. Um, does that affect your mental health? Because I'm a massive sleep advocate and I 
I love it when I look on my Fitbit app and see that I've had eight hours. Do you, does oh. that, does, I know, I bet you're just thinking, God, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> does sleep affect how your anxiety and OCD affects you? Very much so. Mm. Um, I know that after a big project or a big film job, I will need at least two or three days to recover. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, I have like weird things that have happened because of COVID where if I get really tired, some of the symptoms come back. Like I yeah. get a bit of a cough and, and stuff. But uh, I said, you know, once when we were, um, I'm part of a mental health network for one of the main kind of campaigners for um songwriters and composers oh brilliant um and uh i said let's not kill ourselves uh by saying that what we were doing was okay i remember one job where we were going along and you know working way and it was fine deadline was coming up but it was fine then i get a call two days before i think 80 musicians in abbey road uh going hold up They've just done a new edit of the film. Everything we have just done uh, is out the window. Oh, my God. Uh, so we redid everything. Yeah. And I I did not have any sleep for three days. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I might have had an hour. I was a state. It really does affect your... You must have been delirious. I mean, I was. I was, yeah. I was falling asleep in the lounge of Abbey Road Studio yeah. One. And I was, uh, I once had like quite a delirious um, thought of when all the kind of musicians and the string players are, you know, bowing uh, their yeah. instruments. I was like, it's funny how uh, the, 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 the strings, the bowing is going at the same time. It's quite meditative. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I need some sleep. Uh, and it was a horror movie and it was <laughs> wasn't even upbeat then <laughs> no no and it was a horror of a job to do but I I remember finishing that first day at Abbey Road yeah I don't remember getting home I do not remember getting home uh I remember just waking up at 6 a.m ready for the second day our industry is a melting pot for mental health issues yeah because so many things that in any other situation in any other job would be bad practice that happens in our industry as you say you know somebody makes a change to the film and it absolutely has the knock-on effect like a bunch of dominoes just going doesn't it and just absolutely can change as you say leading to three days of no sleep whatsoever yeah and the thing is Producers really don't care because uh, when when musicians are booked and the studios booked, that's a heck load of money to put yeah. on the line. They're not going to move that for the no. sake of a change. That's just how it is. It shouldn't be, but that's how it is. But you know, you're doing your bit to try and help it. And I've always said that if we can all just help one person then it's better than doing nothing. And by you being involved in that way, then at least you are trying to help, aren't you? Yes, 
yeah, I mean, we're we're already uh, the Ivers Academy. I'm I'm part of, um, and we're already kind of uh, considering doing a campaign on think about commissioning practices and mm. how how bad some of them are, how they seriously affect mental health and just trying to change the taboos of mental health and music because yeah. sadly, you know, in the last few years, we've lost a lot of musicians, a lot of very famous musicians uh, yeah. and uh, to, to mental health, you know, and suicide and, and so on. It's still a huge taboo. Mm. No one talks about it. I feel really strongly that we should. There is no shame in going when you're just about to do a session. I'm really nervous. I'm yeah. really anxious about this. There's a lot of money on the line and actually talking about it. I mean, personally, I think there should be a mental health first aider on any big film project. And there simply yeah. isn't. Yeah, it just massively needs addressing, doesn't it? Mm. Throughout all of your counselling and everything that you've learned basically in the last year from people that you've been talking to and everything else, what's the best piece of advice that you've received that's really resonated with you? Well, one of them is you're going to be okay. Yeah. One of the things that the doctor said to me. Also, um, again, sleep is yeah. huge. I've changed my sleep pattern recently and it's changed everything. I, I go to bed earlier uh, and wake up earlier. Earlier, um, yeah. Yeah. Also, don't just don't be afraid to talk. I, yeah. I know it sounds silly and sometimes you have to find the, the right person to talk to because maybe in some circumstances it's it's not the right thing to talk to your parents as a kind of generational thing they don't understand also I think one of my friends she said to me once that there will come a time when the storm will be over and there will be a deep sunshine that comes and parts parts the clouds yeah and I love that kind of visual yeah um and and it's all it's also it's very that's very very similar to don't forget that the sun is always there it might just be covered by the clouds or the storm but the sun is absolutely always up there oh yeah yeah and also don't forget that you are loved don't be ashamed to tell someone your feelings uh or how you are feeling because more often than not it won't make a slight bit of difference to how, how they think of you. Or it will make a difference in a positive way. Exactly, exactly. When I kind of had that uh, conversation with, with some of my friends of, you know, I've gone through a really rough time, mm. they were like, sure, fine. Yeah. Great, you're still you. And if there was one thing that you could pass on, just one thing, because you've got lots of, for someone so young or very wise, Giles, um, <laughs> if you've got Sorry. one thing you could pass on, don't, don't apologise. Um, <laughs> what, what would you like to pass on? If you are feeling overwhelmed, 
and a bit lost. Try and take one brick out of that wall on that day. So, for instance, if you've if you're feeling overwhelmed about work or you know you're just feeling overwhelmed in general mm. try and make a list and then just do one thing from yeah. that list just to break that wall slightly i'm yeah. not i'm not asking anyone to just crash down that wall that's not um sometimes it's not doable but something i found really useful is is especially if i've felt really lonely or um depressed or anxious is going okay what is making me feel lonely depressed anxious I, mm. I know okay let's do this I don't know okay let's do something to make yeah. me feel better be that exercise or walking or or just laughing with friends or something uh, as I say that image is so important of just breaking that wall down slightly taking a brick off yeah absolutely that's brilliant i'm going to quote you on that giles it's been fantastic talking to you thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you thank you giles take care you too thank you for listening to one in four talking mental health with abby lacey and friends please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast so that others may find us remember one in four is not intended to take the place of professional help If you need help, there is a list of resources in the show notes on SoundCloud. And finally, please remember you are not alone.